Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Educating Josh, in which the three of us, Lucy Bella Earl, James O'Neill and I, Luke Cuffworth, bring together three of the most divisive stories of the week. Our wonderful Josh Winslet will have 20 seconds to respond with his gut feeling on the story with absolutely no research, after which we will have an attempt at Educating Josh. Make sure you stick around to the end for the quick fire round, which includes some of your questions from social media. Don't forget to follow us at Educating Josh on all socials, subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast app of choice. Guys, hello. 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 How are you feeling about your stories this week? Lots has happened. Yeah, Lo- quite lots has happened. This Got very week. heated last week, especially in our first story. Lucy, you started last week. How did your story perform in our polls on Twitter? Okay, so we asked Twitter a slightly skewed question this week. I will Ooh. admit that maybe the wording could have been better, but we asked whether an unborn fetus should have more of a right to life than a pregnant woman. And 91% of people voted no. Of course. But had we rewritten the question, maybe that would have been different. No, I think it probably would have been the same result. Yeah. The same <laughs> we have a very liberal audience, yes. I think. Yeah. So we had a pretty good discussion last week, but Frances wanted to fight Josh on one point. She was saying that she doesn't believe that... Oh, actually, is it she? I was going to say, is it a she? Yeah, it's Frances. I don't know. They were saying that they don't believe that all women should go into sex considering the possible consequences of having a child as men don't have this responsibility. So it's more about balance the sexes, you see? No, well, yeah, of course. That's exactly why I believe that men shouldn't have been able to vote. I see. Good. Okay, moving on, James. Your story was second last week. How did it perform? So, last week I asked the question, should drugs be legalised to allow quality control? And 63% of people said yes, which I found quite interesting because I thought most people would say no, but... I was surprised it was so low. I thought it'd be higher. Oh, really? Really? Yes, and one of the things we talked about last week was whether legalisation of drugs would cause more people to take them. Now, we have one person from the Netherlands, Jamie, said, I live literally across the shop from a coffee shop in the Netherlands as a place where you can smoke weed and stuff. Um, And I've never done drugs in my life and I'm not planning to. Having access to drugs doesn't change how I feel about them. Interesting. He might be a really sensible person who knows that he's not prone to addiction and things like that. So what you're saying is, Lucy, we need to... We need to cater for the lowest common denominator Pick at and all choose. times. Absolutely I mean, that not. sort of is the role of the law, yes, isn't it? I know. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and my story was last, and this is one that I got particularly heated on. My question was Is killing animals to protect meat and dairy livestock justified? Now, my answer no, just one with 57%, but yes, also got 40%, so very, very divided. And I basically
recently learned this week that no one cares about badgers quite as much as I do. <laughs> I don't even think I've seen a badger. Serena said that, quote, this is such a Luke story. <laughs> well, but, yes, but exactly. Maria, yes. <laughs> but Maria sent, and I think we can all get around for this, Maria sent us an even sadder story from Italy where they're culling this adorable little animal called a koipu, an animal that they themselves introduced when they needed fur. So they brought it to the country and now they're going, get out our country. There's a metaphor in there somehow, I think. Luke, I think what I take away from this is it's adorable how much you care about animals. I just love badgers. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, anyway, first story this week. That's my story. Okay, I'm feeling really good about my topic this week. Josh, the headline is from The Guardian. Britain's Got Talent, Lost Voice Guys Victory is a win for all disabled people. Question mark. Ooh. Ooh. So the question mark came from me, by the way, not The Guardian. I just added that. I like question marks. Cool. As much as badges. Anyway, mm. these are the three things you need to know. This year's series was notable for the number of people who identified themselves as disabled appearing in the show, including a dancer who became a wheelchair user after the Manchester Arena bombing and a child singer with autism. Some people have criticized the show's use of disability and the emotional statements from judges that veered towards pity, such as Alicia Dixon saying, so many people are going to be inspired by you, and for that, you've already won which can seem a bit condescending. The final winner, Lee Ridley, known as the Lost Voice Guy, who performs jokes using an electric voice box, joked about the state of comedy and disability in Britain. Quote, People often ask me why I want to put myself in the position where everyone can stare and laugh at me. The truth is, it happens every day anyway. <laughs> and, at least this, and at least now there's a time and place for it. My question for you, Josh, is mm. are we exploiting and using people with disabilities as a vehicle to allow us to laugh at jokes that we would otherwise see as taboo? 20 seconds, Josh. Go. Okay, cool. That's that's a really interesting question. Um, I don't see jokes about people with disabilities as taboo. So I believe in kind of open comedy. Um, I don't think, I think if everything's laughed at, then nothing is taboo. And I think everything needs to be able to be laughed at, but that's kind of a personal opinion. Um, I think that person signed up to the show themselves. And, I, you know, if they went out and deliberately found disabled people, fine. But I'm assuming that maybe there was just a particular amount of disabled people this year that signed up. I don't really see it as exploiting. It's giving them that should they not be allowed to go on? Well, I don't know if we're laughing at him or laughing with him because everyone seemed to be on his side. They voted for him. Yeah. I don't know how it's People exploiting seem to like him. him. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, what that's... I'm sort of talking about here is, by the way, I, I watched him. He's fantastic and I love him and it's a wonderful thing that he's won. I do want to like stress that. I, I think this is brilliant. All I mean is, in terms of, when we, when we make a joke, it's, there's a thing Ricky Gervais says all the time about the target of a joke and whether mm -hmm. the target is a minority, like a joke going, and then the woman left the kitchen, right? That's not funny. But if you use a, you can tell a joke about a woman if the target is not a woman, or you can tell a joke about disability if the target is not disability. But my worry with this is that we basically, a normal comedian, sorry, now normal, an able-bodied comedian can't make jokes about disability. That's taboo, right? In my opinion, or in a lot of people's opinion. And my worry is that we're using him. The reason why Simon Cowell or the X Factor, the uh, Prince Got Talent team are using him is basically to allow us as an audience to laugh at things that otherwise we wouldn't laugh at because we're scared of being I think I completely disagree with that. Britain's Got Talent is a platform. That person, what's his name? I feel really weird. Lee Ridley. So Lee has signed up to this platform. It's it's a talent show. He has a talent and he, he's funny. I also, I disagree that, um, you know, dis disabled jokes can only be made to people that aren't disabled. I think a disabled person can hear a disabled joke and find it funny the same way I could hear a joke about 
the stereotypes of being Brazilian or the stereotypes of working in the media industry. And I find it hilarious. In fact, I can hear, you know, jokes about what working in the film industry is like, and it's funnier because it's more relevant to me. So I I guess it depends how you view yourself. Like, I don't think that, um, I disagree. I think there is a, you know, disabled people can find jokes about themselves funny. Yeah, I think it might actually be quite liberating in a way for Leek. Did he, he did lose his voice, didn't he? He wasn't. Yeah, yeah, he lost his voice 37 years ago. Yeah, so he lost his voice and as someone who wanted to pursue comedy, he's finally able to actually pursue that. Um, he's overcome his, what would you say, constraints? Or he's, he's, ever, he's overcome his disability. In I, a feel, sense. I feel like maybe I'm misrepresenting my opinion here. I'd, I'm not saying... No, 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 you're not, you're not at all. What you, what you were saying, Josh, about um, you can laugh at a joke being Brazilian, yeah. and you are Brazilian, yeah. right, or Bra- Brazilian descent, that's a different thing, because that's if, if Lee was disabled performing to other disabled people. What I'm talking about is a bunch of able-bodied people yeah. laughing at a joke, for example, like, you better not get stuck behind me on the stairs if there's a fire yeah but that is a logical there's there's a formula to to comedy and you use stereotypes and you use the things around you if you look at like comedy as a mathematical equation there's nothing wrong with that they've taken something that obviously makes sense you would be in trouble if you were stuck behind someone in a wheelchair on the stairwell during a fire but somebody else wouldn't be able to make that joke is my point somebody like of course Ricky they can. They, it's observational. Ricky Gervais could make anyone could make it, and I would could. not take offence to it. Like I think that would be an offensive joke to a lot of people. And I'm not on any level saying that Lee shouldn't be making these jokes. I think, like as I said, this is fantastic. It's incredible that somebody with his condition has now won a talent competition. Massive. He's going to America soon with, with Simon Cowell, and I right. think that's a fantastic thing, and he fully deserves that. All I mean is, is it a little bit weird for the rest of us as able-bodied people to be sort of laughing along at? jokes about something we don't understand and and can't understand. Is the solution to that disabled people then not being allowed to joke about disability or only disabled people can laugh at this disabled comedian's jokes? Yeah, I think you get into the realms of like suppressing uh, suppressing people and I, I think it's absolutely fine for a non-disabled person to make a disabled joke because then you'll have Black comedians only being able to make black jokes. White comedians only being able to make white jokes. Well, but, black, but that is a, a commonly held view, is it not? That if if a, if a black like a, comedians of um, comedians of color is that a thing? So you saying- will make racial jokes that a white comedian could not and should not make. What do you mean should not? That's what I disagree with. Because it wouldn't be acceptable. Why? Well, it might not be funny coming from... It wouldn't be funny coming from it a would, white no, person. Because it's, it's observational. There are white comedians that make black jokes every single day. Like, and, and I think this is a real... Like, it's a bit of an issue. Like, and if, any, if, every, if nothing is taboo, then nothing's taboo. You are creating what you're doing there by, like, by segregating people and cultures and comedy. You're enforcing stereotypes. You're I not accepting I'm them. Not, I'm not in any way talking about stopping Lee making these jokes or even stopping them being broadcast. All I'm saying is, is there something going on where we have this, we as the able-bodied community have this sort of dark desire and dark fascination with making jokes about things that we wouldn't otherwise make jokes about? Are we laughing at him, not with him? Everybody loves him. I think it's very British. It's making light of a less than ideal situation and it's funny and we laugh at it and we're all laughing together. No one's laughing at him there. Yeah, and I do. I'm, I'm, you know, I feel quite strongly about the fact that, you know, if only black people can tell black jokes, you're enforcing stereotypes. That's actually promoting, that's promoting segregation as opposed to everything becoming accepted and everything becoming funny. Like that is definitely not what I want, like comedy in the world, the the route I want the world to go down. And I think going back to like the original question in terms of, are we exploiting them? 
I mean, no, because it was his choice to go on the show. Like he's made that choice. So you he don't think Simon Cowell is exploiting him either? Si- Simon Cowell has provided a platform. And do you think Simon Cowell exploited One Direction for young boys that are going on a talent show and they made a lot of money of them? Personally, probably, yeah. Or did he give them an opportunity to <laughs> become both, the both. biggest pop band in the world? I like, think a lot of people are exploited on these shows. Look at the people who can't sing that go on Britain's Got Talent and, yeah. and, uh, and that do awful performances. Yeah. There's so much we can call exploitation. James, James would you be, would you, for example, if there was a a, per, a straight person making a joke where the punchline was, and then he was gay, would that be okay to you? And I don't mean to compare minorities. It's just it's just a helpful sort of comparison here. I mean, people do make those jokes all the times in their stand-up routines, don't they? I, it depends on the joke, because it's really about whether they're making a joke about being a certain thing or a joke about or whether they think they have like an insight into the experience of being a thing. I think it's okay to have a joke in which certain characters in a, in a joke setup or whatever are certain, uh, not all, obviously it depends on context, it belong to certain groups or like minorities. Um, but if it's a joke that assumes insight into an experience, just come, to me that seems a bit, I don't know, it's a bit weird. Okay, well I actually, I am, I am wavering on my point. You guys have educated me, well done, fantastic. And on my own story, whoops. <laughs> Do you guys feel you have, you've, you've agreed on this? Yeah. I think that yes, um, it's exploiting someone, but it, it's, it's everybody's exploited on that right. platform and it's nice that everyone's being exploited. So if anyone's exploited, exploit everyone. So <laughs> is my that point. It's giving someone a platform uh, in your exploitation. Quality and exploitation, there we go. <laughs> All right, fantastic. Well, that is a really good way to wrap up. Thank you, Josh. You can let us know what you think over on Twitter at Educating Josh in our polls. Next story comes from James. Mm, I'm a bit nervous about this story. Mm. Josh, my story comes from Rolling Stone. Roseanne is cancelled following the star's racist ape tweet. Oh. So, Roseanne Barr has recently had her rebooted version of Roseanne cancelled after a flurry of tweets led her to likening President Obama's advisor, Valerie Jarrett, who is African-American, to an ape, tweeting, uh, Muslim Brotherhood and Planet of the Apes had a baby. Oh. She quickly tried to pass the slur off as a joke, apologizing and claiming that she was leaving Twitter. Within a very short period of time, Wanda Sykes, an African-American comedian and consulting producer on the show, announced that she was leaving Roseanne. Within 24 hours of the tweet, the show was cancelled by ABC Entertainment, with their president stating, Roseanne's Twitter statement is abhorrent, repugnant, and inconsistent with our values, and we have decided to cancel her show. My question for you, Josh, is, should punishment for prejudiced behaviour be put ahead of the livelihoods of other people and their jobs? 20 seconds, Josh, go. Um, so I think for me, working in kind of the commercial TV and film industry as much as I do, shows get cancelled all the time. Even two weeks before they're meant to go live, they get put into hiatus, they get cancelled. Um, so yes, I think that um, something as as abhorrent as that, I mean, normally I try and argue that freedom of speech and that whole thing that I normally do, but that really is abhorrent. And like, you're a producer on a show and I just think that that is, is a little bit too much. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of my answer. But the, the thing I'd kind of like to put forward is, um, so that's my answer in the 20 seconds. I'm now outside the 20 seconds. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's recognize that. That's my answer. Um, but the thing that worries me is Twitter being used as a platform in that way. So things like that being taken into account and stuff getting fired. And is that dangerous? Or on the flip side, you know the whole idea that if everyone could have access to your thoughts, the rate the human race would be gorgeous and lovely, and no one there'd be no murder, and you'd be so open and honest, and that you know that that whole concept. 
or you'd all hate each other. Or, or everyone would hate each other. Yeah. But you'd get used to it. But like, so should you be... So your point really is that, that she's done something and, and Twitter has, has basically enforced the decision, forced the hand of the company, the, This ABC. social media platform has because it's, it's been open to the, the populace. Like, and, you know, it's, is she good at her job? Does she, you know, that sort of thing. And so, or, or is what we have to accept the fact that we now live in a time where everyone is a everyone is a public figure is a public, public figure, figure. Yeah. you have to accept that so you have to think about what you say yeah because the thing is about this as well is Roseanne blamed this on a drug she was on called Ambien which led the manufacturer of Ambien Sanofi <laughs> to have so this funny. incredible statement while all pharmaceutical treatments have side effects racism is not a known side effect of any of our medication <laughs> fantastic so what you're saying unless unless by some weird miracle she's just this one person who's suddenly become racist from Ambien yeah. then she will have been probably saying some of these these things in private, in private. And people will have known about it yeah that people there will there will at least have been rumors that she's racist and abc didn't step in at any point and go we'll cancel the show she's racist it's only when it became a public I thing i don't really want to call her racist it's it, it problematic is a good word problematic, i kind of want yeah, to, I don't want to say from... that she's racist and that this is racist because yeah. i mean it, does it depend how logical you are does it depend how how much you can separate race and how you feel towards you know because you can't compare someone to a monkey and expect it to be taken expect well it to be like, okay. like oh, and, and I assume that uh, who is it Valerie Jarrett isn't Muslim no, she's not. She's just African American. So African -American. That, the same thing happened to Barack does, Obama, where everyone was saying he's a Muslim. He's a and he is not a Muslim. And so Roseanne's just seen the color of this person and gone, "You're Muslim." Yes. Okay. Yeah. Right. That's so just, racist. Yes. That's, that is racist. Sorry. That's straight out. In my opinion, that is very racist. I think the thing is as well. Everyone has a filter online. That's generally a better version of themselves in real life. And she she's already been known for making racist tweets in the past and being an open Trump supporter. Um, yeah. I mean. So then why, but that, that, that then annoys me because that means that that production company knew that anyway. And it's only because it's gone public that this has ever happened. This that is it, my point of view. Online. This is my point of view. The studio or the production company knew that they were hiring a controversial person. Yeah. 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 And so it's, it's slightly their fault that this has all happened mm. um, because they've given her a platform and basically I think they should and be the ones got, giving oh, compensation yeah, or something. she's problematic how could we have known and I suppose I if, a, if ABC's statement says that her statement her Twitter statement is repugnant, repugnant and inconsistent with our values then that therefore means that I suppose in my opinion ABC's values are be racist but if it's on Twitter yeah, then it's not okay because you said <laughs> it in public before assigning a producer to a show that'd be like me producing a film approaching a director to direct the film for me knowing they were racist it then becoming public knowledge that they were and then deciding that that doesn't line with we my values we do have to clarify that we don't know that they knew there's no evidence well I mean there are racist tweets in the past to be fair that, but that, we don't that's what I mean like yeah. you know you, you do it's like where does the due diligence lie if you're hiring that producer for a show in a world where social media and identity is so important you would look at that person's history and you should already have an opinion on it and you know they can claim ignorance they can claim that we don't look at that and that we you know do it based on someone's performance history and stuff like that but you know it, it's interesting there it's only i believe in my opinion that it's only because it's become a 
a Twitter thing, it's become trending that that's now their opinion. And that, that's annoying. That's kind of frustrating. To take it back to the original question, which James posed, which is basically what's happened here is she's been fired and her show has been cancelled. But what's happened is there'll be crew, there's producers, there's all these people, many layers of industry who now are assumedly unemployed or struggling for work. I, I think like I mentioned like previously, it's, I think that happens all the time. That's the industry. You go into that industry knowing that stuff gets cancelled, stuff gets canned. Stuff that is the, that's the nature of being a freelancer. It's the nature of working in that what kind I of production. What I think maybe could have yeah. been a good thing for ABC to do is to say, or maybe for anyone to say in the part in the in the future is while the show's being cancelled, we're going to take those crew and reallocate them. They probably elsewhere. have. They may. Have, we they, don't know. They no probably one knows have. yet. Do you oh, I mean, they they probably actually have. But it, it's also, I mean, I think that, that how much of what I'd like to. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Where do you think the responsibility lies then? Is it on her or was it on ABC to have known that? Is it not really? And what's what is also interesting is how many how many before something like Twitter, before something like social media, people were racist and you just didn't know yes. about it. There were racist directors. There were racist there people were on TV and radio here. All, all the time. Yes. Every day. But just imagine that she said something racist in a live performance and then that was front page news. I think the everyone would react in the same way if it if it became public knowledge. Yeah. But unfortunately, Twitter just gives a well, platform for awful she, comments. It does. And also, it kind of asks the question, is how silly are you if you are to do a tweet like that? So I suppose That's ridiculous. So I suppose it's actually not really anything to do with social media specifically. It's more that it's become a big deal. I think it's to do ABC with... ABC are firing her to save face. I think yeah. it's to do with the fact that it blew up so much and they cancelled it within 24 hours. That's um, a quick decision. Another, I mean, another thing that I want to point out is this has developed in the last couple couple days, I think. Um, so Samantha B, who has a show called Full Frontal, called Ivanka Trump a feckless C-word on her show, publicly on her show. And uh, it hasn't been cancelled yet. It's been a couple days, and but it didn't blow up as much. It didn't go... In, in the world of online, like on social media, it didn't go as viral as the Roseanne story. So I think they've taken like a few days to like think it out I don't know I don't know I mean, we haven't had that's a, a lot had... less of a bad statement to make though. and that's uh, on the show as well so it's gone through it's, editorial it's opinion though you're not likening her to something you're saying I think she's a feckless she's, yeah. C word like I can call someone an idiot I think I have twice already on this podcast like <laughs> I, I, I you know I haven't Only referred twice. to someone as an ape or part of a Muslim yeah. brotherhood that they may not be yeah, like, there are, there are certain a protected groups I think there are protected groups I don't think there should be protected groups at all but also it's kind of if you take it 
I, you know, I'm likening this to the entertainment industry and because that's, it's a produced show. So I'm going, okay, yeah, well, if, those people would be okay. But what if it was- What about outside what, the entertainment industry? Yeah, what if it was a doctor? What if it was a mum working in a, an Asda who tweeted something like that and then Asda fired her? Is that then okay? Well, you can let us know what you think on Twitter and our polls at Educating Josh. Next story, last story, it's Lucy. So my headline comes from Billboard and it is that Demi Lovato pranked her bodyguard in Vegas and Twitter is not having it. Here are the three things you need to know, Josh. On Sunday the 3rd of June, Demi Lovato was on Twitter answering random questions from her fans, but things took a controversial turn when she responded to one question asking her what the funkiest prank she ever pulled was. In a now-deleted tweet, Lovato wrote, I hired a lady of the night in Vegas and I sent her to Max's hotel room to surprise him. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, we oh know what Josh's opinion is going to be. Oh my goodness. It gets worse. <laughs> Sorry, she carry walked, on. <laughs> she walked into his room without permission and grabbed him in his in quotation marks, area, and he freaked the F out. Ha 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 ha. Wow. In a different story on the BBC, Mariella Frostrup has recently complained of a new double standard that allows women to lust over men, but when the opposite happens, men are accused of sexism. This comment came from her Radio 4 show, where she commented that she can comment on a shot of a shirtless, sea-soaked Aidan Turner, but a male presenter would not be able to comment on equally appealing female co-stars. My question to you is, are there double standards for sexualization of genders? 20 seconds, Josh. Go. I mean, of course there is at the moment. Like, I'm shocked. A hundred percent. There's so many double standards at the moment, but I don't know whether that's necessarily a bad thing. You know, it's been pretty much one way for a long time um and the big difference for me is when a girl stares at me i don't automatically think that they're sexualizing me whereas when a man stares at a girl i feel like a lot of women feel that that man is automatically sexualizing them i don't know if that's true um but i feel like that's how because of the history of things it's now become. Well, so I also think it's because that's how male brain male brains are tuned more to that as well. Because yeah, and I'm not saying that necessarily it's a bad thing. I don't I don't 100% agree that sexualizing anyone is wrong. You're allowed to find someone attractive and and that's okay. And I I, I think that um <laughs> I mean this is I I don't watch it. I'm not a fan of it at all, but something like Love Island is quite funny in how unbiased it is. It's as <laughs> it's as awful to the men as it is to the women but it's the same to both it doesn't you know raise one above the other I found it interesting that this story literally in the last story Josh you were going I'm fed up of the way that Twitter decides everything and then Lucy's story says Twitter's not having it oh well no what, what, what Twitter's not having they're completely wrong on Demi Lovato knows her bodyguard personally he knows what he's comfortable with he's a friend they, you know celebrities get very close to their bodyguards and she knows what he is or isn't comfortable comfortable with. She hasn't sent a lady of the night round to someone that wouldn't, you know, potentially... It's not a stranger. It's not a complete prank. It's funny. And also, that lady of the night has also earned some money without having to do anything too demoralising, which is great. But can you just imagine if it was the other way around? If the bodyguards sent a man of the night, or a lady of the night, anyone of the night, uh, into Demi Lovato's room and grabbed her area, and she... I mean, you'd feel so scared... No one wants any intruder in their room. But men haven't been through the same thing that women have. So no, a man does not feel the same when a woman... All men can feel uncomfortable. I will say, yeah, I will say before as. we carry on this conversation, by the way, that this, um, for the sake of uh, 
Twitter. And for the sake of our discussion, this is going to be a very heteronormative discussion of male <laughs> males being attracted to females and females yeah, being attracted I can't to males. Start, I can't start every because, conversation yes, with. Yeah. yeah. Well, we just need we we need to clarify that because it's important. That's not that's not the world we live in anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Continue. Cool. Thank you. Discuss Luke. away. Great. But let's talk about those double standards because I just think if we want equality, we need to treat other people how we want to be treated mm-hmm. we want to be all be treated fairly so these double standards can't exist no but then in my opinion what happened was very funny and kind of okay so then the reverse is is it okay to knock on a door and grab a woman by the the, the trump statement <laughs> oh dear uh, well what do you like, think about that God. other point we made about women sexualizing men is that okay if it was for example magic mike if we suddenly had magic michelle do you think everyone would be up in arms uh, no, I don't, because they're, they're choosing it. I guess it's where you're choosing it and not choosing it. I think the difference is, with the bodyguard, is that she knows him, they're friends, they spend every day working together, he looks after her, they'll make jokes with each other all the time, and she'll have known what he is and isn't comfortable with. Um, and the, the same would be true, I hope, of the reverse. So what Demi's done, I don't have a problem with at all. Um, if he had done the same thing to her and he knew her, knew what she was and wasn't comfortable with, and he sent a man of the night around or a lady of the night, depending on her, how, whatever, um, and that happened, he would know whether or not he, she was comfortable with that. So that I think is its own separate issue and people are weighing in on something that is just not their, not their problem, like butt out. Um, but going back to the second issue, I think that, yeah, of course, you know, women are get away with a lot more when it comes to sexualizing men but men aren't coming from the same place. Men haven't been through that whole history. Re- of- yeah, there is reasons for that, but how far does it then go? Does it, with uh, jokes like these, which could potentially go into you know the area of sexual harassment, depending on who, I mean, obviously she knows a bodyguard well. Yeah, I think it's a separate it, issue. Hopefully it wouldn't go there, but if it did and he was uncomfortable, would, uh, what, what would happen then? I mean, the, the bigger priority on that would be who was stupid enough to do that to someone they don't know. Like, that would be, <laughs> you know, like, I think that would be the first thing to address. But um, no, I just, I do, when a guy gets on a train, you know, and a woman's staring at him, my first thought is, am I in their way? Do they want to sit down? That's what my head, my brain goes through. Um, I don't automatically think, like, I feel like if you're sat, still on a train, Lucy, and a man's staring at you, what, what do you think? What's the first thing that you think? I think, is my skirt tucked into my knickers? Okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's really specific. We've happen. all been there. <laughs> yeah, I, and I, I just think that, you know, there's a big difference. I'm completely comfortable with the way that men are sexualized on TV. Can I, can I pop in here with a little bit of a controversial opinion? No. Please do. I, go, go, go. I actually am perfectly okay with, with females sexualizing males. Yeah. But not for the same reasons. Now, this is going to maybe be a little bit complicated to explain, but... And I must preface this by, by, by two things. Firstly, a trigger warning to anyone involved in sexual assault. This may encroach there a little bit on that. And also to clarify that I am very aware that men can be raped. That's going to sound weird out of context. Okay, so just bear with me. Now, there's a bear with you. There's a bear with me. He's over there. Keats, won't leave me <laughs> alone. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> special guest this week (laughs) special guest this educating bear anyway so when a man sexualizes a woman so the male gaze is a a term we use in film right a man is staring at a woman and he's sexualizing her and what he's thinking of is he wants to have sex with her right because he's sexualizing her maybe Mm. Mm. now this is where it gets difficult 
for the man traditionally in a in an ecosystem in a, in biology in in evolution in or in the wilds of Africa the man does not technically require the female's consent in order to have sex with her. I'm so Correct? interested to see where this is going. Does not technically require <laughs> in that it's not it's not technically a barrier like physically, right? However, the female, a female who's sexualizing a male does or to a certain extent require that man to be a little bit into it, right? And so it's a lot less threatening for a male for a female to sexualize a male because she can't quite as easily take sex from him. And mm -hmm. so if you think about a situation where, for example, a old man is sexualizing a young girl, that's creepy and that is predatory. And it's because the man can take control and just have sex with that young girl. But if, a, if an old woman, but if an older woman, for example, my mother, who sexualizes Harry Styles. Sorry, mum, for calling you out there. <laughs> Shall I take that out? No, that's really good. Okay. So my mum fancies, or did at some point, fancy Harry Styles, right? And that's a lot less creepy, but not that I want to talk about my mum thinking about sex with Harry Styles. But um, she, it would require Harry Styles to sort of be up for it if she was trying to have sex with Harry Styles. This is a really uncomfortable conversation. But that's my point, is that it's, it's a lot less... Threatening. Um, so but threatening. what you're getting at is is how threatening it is. A, a man, and not all the time, you know, some women are stronger than some men, um, but most of the time a man can enforce that desire upon Exactly, and, and I also yeah. must clarify that this, this, is not, most basic. this does not apply to all men, this does not apply to all women, but I, I ran this little study with my friends once, which was, and I'd like to know your, you guys' opinion, I think James, I've spoken about this to you before. So uh, my theory is that when a man lusts over a woman, his brain is thinking, I want to do stuff to that person mm. when a female a woman lusts over a man her thought in in my study of my friends is i want that person to do stuff to me it's a mm. pa it's more of a passive thing for females or for women and more of an active thing for males and i'd agree with that and yeah. so do, i mean yeah lucy yeah. no i do agree with that and, and, and i i must like yeah, that's heteronormative it's cisnormative everything but that is my experience of my friend with my friends and so that sounds weird <laughs> <laughs> This is a really difficult subject that I'm trying to cover without sounding really creepy really well. or talking about my mum having sex with Harry Styles. Um, yeah. And so that's why I think it's inherently worse. And so that's why when you see a, a, a t as, as, and that's why, that's why when you see an older woman creeping over a young boy, it's just not the same. In my opinion, I just don't think it's the same thing. Does that make sense? Does it make any sense at all? <laughs> no, it did make sense. I think it is a tough one. And I totally agree with what you're saying. But I just think if we want equality, then we can't... Do we need to try and push past that? Exactly. We can't behave in such a way. All right. Fine. Well, we're going to have to wrap up. Lucy, do you feel happy that you've educated Josh on this? No, topic? not at all. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, you can let us know what you think over on at Educating Josh on Twitter in our polls. It's time. Wrap up for the quick fire round. Okay, Josh, some people online have suggested that asexuality should not be part of the LGBTQ plus community on the grounds that, quote, it is not a sexuality, it is a lack of sexuality. Um, and then there's a plus, it's everything, isn't it? All right, fair enough. An ex-teacher has defended her relationship with a 14-year-old student on the grounds that he was, quote, old for the grade he was in and, quote, no longer my student at the time. I mean, it's illegal. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Judge Joshy. Yeah. A woman has been described as heartless as she ran over ducklings that were in her way at a McDonald's drive-thru. 
Oh my god! <laughs> That's just awful. You're on your way to have fast food, running over other animals. Move out of the way! Get out of the way! Not ducks. enough dead animals. Not to need to kill some more birds. Jesus Christ! But also, that's a bit weird that people are annoyed that she's killing birds whilst on the way to eat some birds. In fact, it's just she's just yeah, she's representing what she was on her way to do anyway. Bill Clinton has insisted that he does not owe Monica Lewinsky, the intern he had his sexual affair with in the White House, an apology. Didn't she give him a blowjob? Yes. Okay. No. Why does he need to apologise? He should say thank you. Lucy! <laughs> 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 Sorry. Oh my God. <laughs> Look, I think you should finish the podcast very quickly. <laughs> and the nice story of the week. A couple, Becky and Jessa, have gone viral on Twitter after one pulled out a ring to propose, only to find that the other had a ring in her bag and was also planning to propose on the same day. Oh, I saw that. Isn't that lovely? It's a really cute video. Watch it. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Educating Josh. We've had a pretty good week this week. Do not forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Educating Josh, where there'll be polls and content from each of today's topics, and we'd love to hear your thoughts. We also want you to send in more questions for next week's quickfire round. Please subscribe, and most importantly, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast app of choice. This has been Educating Josh, a Studio 71 production. We'll see you next week for another episode of Educating Josh. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.